You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Chen. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. I'm telling you, Psalm 103 has been a psalm that I have gone to many times in my life. When I'm down, when I'm discouraged, I love reading Psalm 103, and I encourage you to do so as well. Put a bookmark there, make a mark of it. It is a very encouraging psalm because of the message therein. Psalm 103, verse 1. Let's read it all together, out loud, verse 1 through 5, all together as a church. Here we go, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. All his benefits, all his benefits is the message this morning. Lord, we need your help. I especially need your help. Please fill me with your power and your spirit. Help me to preach with boldness in a way that can be understood, in a way that can be remembered. Uh, But Father, let it most of all be preached in a way that can be used by your Holy Spirit. We ask that all guests and visitors today would feel welcome, that Christians here, um, whether they are new here or have been here uh, for years, that they would all be encouraged, that they would grow a little closer to you throughout this message. Father, if there is one here, any here, who does not know you as their Savior, we pray that today would be the day of their salvation, that they would put their faith and trust in you and in you alone so that they could know for sure that they have a home in heaven when they die and they can begin today to live a life in service and in love to you. And we ask this in your name. Amen. I wrote four things down here. How to know you have a bad memory. Some of you are laughing already. (laughs) Number one, you can hear the same jokes over and over again and still laugh. Number two, your password hint is your actual password. Yep. You call people at church brother and sister a lot. Have you ever had to do that? Hey, man. Yeah, good to see you. God bless you. Number four, you can hear the same jokes over and over again and still laugh. That's part of the joke, Cole. You know, okay. Have you ever met somebody with an incredible memory? All right, my brother is that way. He can just remember, to me, what seems to be the most random details, but he just picks things out from old vacations and, and just useless information, you know, but he just, he remembers it all. But I think we've all had a moment where we've said, how, how did I forget that, right? Especially when you're meeting somebody for the first time, and the first thing you do is you tell each other your name, and you immediately forget it, right? So there are different tactics. You have, you have one more chance to ask. You can't ask a third time, 
OK? You have one more chance to ask. I'm sorry, what, what was your name again? If you ask a third time, it's, it's bad. It's really bad. So you can't do that. So what you can do is you can hope somebody else joins the conversation, and you introduce that person to them, and you really hope that they introduce their name to that person. OK, all right, I'll get it. You, am I the only one? OK, all right, all right, good. Uh, you can ask them the, the greatest tactic on the bus, because if you forget a child's name on the bus, they will never let you forget that. You forgot my name that one time. Now they have no idea who you are, but you need to remember their name. So a tactic that I had was, how do you spell your name again? And they would, oh, you know, and they would spell it out. And one time, seriously, there was a boy. I forgot his name, couldn't remember it for the life of me. He was like 11 or 12 years old. And I looked back at him and I said, tell me, how do you spell your name again? AJ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So it can bite you, <laughs> but how about this? Sometimes you leave a room to go get something from another room, and somewhere in between point A and point B, what you needed at point B is gone. She's no longer there. <laughs> you just walk into the room. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> and you just give up, OK? Uh, sometimes you, grow to, you go to the grocery store for one item, and you leave with a cart full of items, except the one thing that you went for in the first place. I think it's just human to forget, especially when your mind is so full, okay? That's why men have bad memories. Our mind is just so full of knowledge and wisdom. It's just that we can't fit anymore. Ladies, it's not that we forgot our anniversary. It's just that our mind is so full of love for you. We can't hold that love to a specific date on the calendar. It grows beyond that. Oh, one year I forgot to call my mom on her birthday. I don't think I've ever felt so low because I called her the next day. And that's what memory is. Memory is what reminds the man that his anniversary was yesterday. That's memory, OK? So I called my mom, and immediately, this, she doesn't say hello. She just said, you forgot me. I wanted to find the deepest, darkest, dampest hole and crawl into it. I cannot believe I forgot something so important. But your memory loss. Your amnesia does not respect whether the thing is important or not. You can forget something important just as much as you can forget something that is unimportant. And in the first part of this psalm, David is telling himself, yes, even King David talked to himself. It's okay. Um, the first part of this psalm, David is telling himself not to forget something. It would be shameful to forget this special thing. He basically tells himself, self, don't you forget all that God has done for you. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I think if David were to walk in and we were to ask him, King David, give us some counsel. Would you counsel us you know, with your wisdom and your experience as the king of Israel for so long I think he could tell us a lot of things. But along the way, I, I believe he would look at you and he would say, don't forget what God has done 
for you. Because it's when we forget God's benefits, when we forget what God has done for us, it's then that we become very ungrateful. It's then that we become covetous. It's then that we become filled with pride and we think we are the reason that we have gotten to where we are. It's then we can often become discouraged because we feel like God is nowhere to be found. But when you remember all that God has done for you, you find peace, you find joy, you find thanksgiving, you find courage to go on because God has been so good to us. I want us to dwell on three words. All his benefits. All. Forget not all his benefits. You could say this verse is telling us, remember all that God has done for you. Don't forget any of what God has done for you. Now I know what you're thinking. How do you do that? How could anybody remember everything that God has done for us? We would certainly fail trying to remember everything that God has done. And that may be true. But for every person that fails to see all that God has done, there's a lot more people who fail to look in the first place. The, the, the diamond of God's benefits has so many facets on it. It would take a thousand lifetimes to study it all and to understand it all and to remember it all. But when is the last time we even looked? When's the last time we even looked at it? David is, is holding this diamond in his hand. And in verse 3 through 5, he starts seeing these different facets. And he's just naming off, look at what God has done here. And look at that. And look at that. And look at what he starts naming off. He forgiveth all thine iniquities. He healeth all thy diseases. He redeemeth thy life from destruction. He crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfieth thy mouth with good things. I understand we may not ever be able to remember everything that God has done, but sometimes we fail to remember even these that David names. These five, these are pretty big benefits. These are things that are incredibly special that should be difficult to forget. But those are just a handful of what God has done for us. He's cre he created you. He created you after his own image. He loves us. That's a message in, in, in itself. He loves us. He thinks about us. What is man that thou art mindful of him? But his thoughts to you, you personally, are more in number than the sand, the Bible says. God thinks about you. He guides us. He speaks to us through his word. He listens to our prayers. He convicts us. He teaches us. He's preparing a place for us. How many days have gone by where we haven't even taken a minute to think, to remember all that God has done for us? I promise you, when you take just a little bit of time with the Lord each day and you count your blessings, you name them one by one, no, you may not be able to remember everything, but you're going to have a really good time trying. Life gets a lot easier. Seems a lot better. Seems a lot more worthwhile when you know 
and when you remember all that God has done. I think there's another area that we forget, though. As we live our lives day by day, there are so many pieces of our life that can only be described as a blessing, but they're never described as a blessing. I remember walking into HEB Plus, and that place is jam-packed with food. Good food. That French bread, mm. That's one of the reasons I get out of bed in the morning, is HEB's French bread. Their tortillas. You realize every single time we walk into the grocery store, we are seeing more food than many people see in their lifetime. And we just walk in, walk out, forgetting the thing that we went in there for the first place. But we just walk in and walk out. We don't even think about it. We have a need for something, we go get it. We're a little hot in our vehicle, turn the air on. Oh, it's a little cool, turn it back down. We have all these things that are... We, if, if something happens to us, we get hurt, we go to a hospital. We have first-class medical care. And we can complain all we want about the bills and health care, but how about just that we have a hospital? We have missionaries right now. If anything happens to their family, they don't even, happen to, they don't even have a hospital. They can't even go anywhere. You can go to a restaurant and somebody cooks food for you. But it's a little cold, so we send it back and we're not going to tip. We, we walk through life with all these things, all these gadgets that we have. So we're turning into Inspector Gadget. We have computers on our wrists. We can talk to it. You know, it but if it takes too long, it, it's going to space. Be patient. Be patient. If it takes too long, we're like, ah. And we are, we are the most blessed, yet most complaining Generation of people. Here's what, here's what a pastor wrote about this. The life we live today has brought a change in our way of thinking. So many of our wants are provided for by what seem natural and routine. To the point we have lost sight of the great provider in the midst of providence. In a world that could not for one moment exist without God, we have conditioned our minds to leave no thought for him. Why does it rain? Well, we think of the science behind it all. Well, there's water in the oceans, and it evaporates because of the sun, and it goes up into the atmosphere, and it condenses, and enough of it, if enough of it condenses, then it's going to get too heavy, and it's going to drop, and the entire cycle repeats. That's why it rains. No, my Bible says the Lord sends the rain. You ask the question, what makes crops grow? Oh, well, you have to have the right time of year. There has to be good soil. There has to be good seed. There has to be good fertilizer. There has to be our irrigation equipment. No, no, God gives the increase. Because you read a book, you read the book of Haggai, they had all those things. They had the right time of year. They had the right seed. They had the right soil. They had the right work ethic. There was nothing wrong with the way that they were sowing. But God said, you have the wrong priority, so I'm not sending any increase. And you sow much, but you bring in little. You can do whatever you'd like, gentlemen. Preparation. The horse is prepared against the day of battle. Proverbs 21, 31. The horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. Preparation is wonderful. We should prepare. We should do our part. But if God says, I'm not doing mine, your part means... 
How did you land your job? Oh, I tell you, it was hard work. It's the master's degree that I had. I nailed my interview, and I have time and tenure. No, God gave it to you. How'd you buy your home? Savings, good market, and a really good realtor who drives a Tesla. No, God gave it to you. Notice it with me. Forget not all his. Forget not all his. So let's have a little grammar lesson here. His is a pronoun. And in order to have a pronoun make sense, you have to have an antecedent to that pronoun. So if I came up to you and said, I, I tell you, I can't stand her. Yeah. Like, who's, who's she? <laughs> right? Who, who is the antecedent? So we know, because we already read the Bible, forget not all his is talking about the Lord. Forget not all the Lord's benefits. But let's have just a little exercise here. Let's say that verse 1 and 2 were not in the Bible. Let's say that we did not have an antecedent to that pronoun. And we don't know who his is referring to. And instead of Psalm 103, starting with verses 1 and 2, it actually starts with verses 3 through 5. Okay, and instead of saying it as a statement, we're going to read these as a question. So I'm going to read these as a question, and I just want you to think who the logical answer to this question would be. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? Who healeth all thy diseases? Who redeemeth thy life from destruction? Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and with tender mercies? Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things? All right, who forgiveth your sins? The Pope can't forgive your sins. A priest can't forgive your sins. I cannot forgive your sins. A good deed cannot erase your sins. Only God can forgive sins. There's a story in Mark chapter 2 where a man is lowered down by his four friends, and that man has the palsy. And the Lord, the Lord Jesus looks at him and he says, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And what do the Pharisees start saying? Who, who, who can say that? There's only one that can forgive sins, and that's God. And Jesus looks back at him and says, I have a question. What is easier to tell this person? Is it easier to say to this person, thy sins be forgiven thee, or arise, take up thy bed, and walk? What is easier to tell to a palsied man? Well, the answer is, it's a lot easier to tell somebody, thy sins be forgiven thee, because whether his sins are forgiven or not, humans can't tell. We can't see. Any false prophet can go up to, and they try, can go up to a person, your sins are forgiven. Where's the proof? None. So Jesus says, what's easier to say? Thy sins be forgiven or arise, take up thy bed and walk. Okay, it's a lot easier to say thy sins be forgiven. But so that you can know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sins, arise, take up your bed and walk. Up he comes. No muscle atrophy. No walking like a newborn giraffe trying to have to figure it out again. No. He stands up. He has strength in his legs. He picks up his bed and he starts walking off. Well, if he can do that, I guess he can forgive sins too. Only God can forgive sins. If Jesus would reject us, we would be lost. We would be on our way to hell today. But Jesus said, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Even though you have nothing to offer, even though you are damaged by sin, even though your ledger is black as it could be, he takes you and he wipes that ledger as white as snow. He covers you with his own blood. Because only he can do that. Sir, stop trusting in yourself to get to heaven. Ma'am, stop trusting in yourself to get to heaven. If you could get to heaven on your own, Jesus would not have had to die. 
Jesus came down and died on the cross so that you could know that you're going to heaven when you die. And he did that out of love for you. If he wouldn't have done that, no one else could have. How about this? It's God who brings healing from diseases. Now, I, he I hear the questions from, from people out in the world. Well, then why am I still sick? Why am I still in pain? Well, I'm not trying to belittle your situation, but it's just like us humans to only think about the physical side of things and never think about the spiritual side of things. Notice before Jesus healed the man of his physical disease, he said, let me heal you spiritually first. It is better for me to heal you spiritually from your spiritual disease of sin than it is for me to heal you physically. I have seen Jesus heal people from the disease of a hot temper. I have seen people heal, or I've seen Jesus heal people from the disease of depression, a loose mind, deep emotional pain, slavery to drugs and alcohol, and bitterness that soaked through to the bone from years and years of anger and hatred and unforgiveness. My mom and my grandma hated each other. I would not tell you the stories of the things that happened between my grandma and my mom. I didn't know my grandma very much. But my mom got saved. And even though my grandma never asked for forgiveness, she never said, I'm sorry for what I did. In fact, in many ways, she justified it. My mom looked back at her and said, I love you and I forgive you. And when my grandma was on her deathbed, eaten up with cancer, it was my mom who led her to the Lord a week before she died. Only God can bring that healing. May I say this morning, I'm praying for a cure for coronavirus, but not as much as I am praying for a cure for the dependence that drives this world to substance abuse, the selfishness that divides our homes, the depression that torments our children, the lust that consumes our hearts, the hate that fuels murder and strife and division in the United States of America, the disregard for human life that drives a woman to kill her own baby. That's what I'm praying for. And by the way, when we do find healing from our physical diseases, that's God as well. Without God, we would have no medicine, we would have no advancements, we would all be living till about 40 years old and still in the dark ages. Right, Governor Cuomo? God did do that for a governor to say, we are finding victory over coronavirus, not because of God, not because of faith, but because of us. So just in case he's watching right now, you're wrong. Only God brings that healing. Only God redeems a life from destruction, physical or spiritual. Yes. Yes. 
On the physical side of things, there is only one hand that can pick you out of spiritual destruction, and it is the nail-pierced hand of Jesus Christ. On the physical side, how many of you have ever said, I would not be here today, I would not be alive today if it was not for God? You are heading down a road of destruction, but Jesus came into your life, and he changed you. He changed you. And now, instead of your life being identified by hatred and hurt and punishment, he has adorned you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Only God brings satisfaction in this life. Listen, you will never have enough sin. You will never have enough money. You will never have enough leisure time. You will never have enough thrill. You will never have enough stuff. But God says, you take my grace, you'll always have enough. Just enough of it. If you are searching left and right right now for something to fill that hole in your heart, you're not going to find it in riches. You're not going to find it in fame. You're not going to find it in drugs and alcohol. You're not going to find it in some new career. You're not going to find it in an earthly relationship. You're going to find it in him and in him alone. Don't forget that. Forget not all his benefits. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. All his benefits. You hear the word benefits today and you think about something that we have earned. You work and you receive certain work benefits. Now my tremendous generation is saying, give me the benefits without the work. That's not the way it works. You receive benefits in exchange for your work. You work, you get paid family leave. You work, you get to maybe work from home at some point, which I don't know why anyone would want to do that with kids at home anyway. You work and you get access to development programs and sick time and time and a half, all those things. Those are benefits of your work. The word benefits in this verse literally means requitals. It means payback. So David is saying, self, don't forget all of the things that God has given to you to pay you back for what you've given to him. Here's where we ask, what have we ever given to the Lord that merits him paying us back with such incredible benefits. Absolutely nothing. And that's the whole point. That's the point of it all. We have done absolutely nothing to deserve the benefits that God has given to us. Ladies, sometimes you come home and you say, oh, I found a good deal today. I don't like hearing that. We went out to Kohl's. We went out to Kohl's, I think, last Monday. And we walked in. We were just browsing, which is never just browsing, let's be honest. Men just browse. Okay, we're fine just to look and think, that'd be nice. <laughs> but I have a family, so. <laughs> no, I'm just, wow, that was, that was mean. Okay, so. We're going and we're just going to browse. And as soon as we walk in, we hear, here's a 25% off coupon. 
for anything you buy in the store. And my wife says, that's a good deal. 25% off. What men hear is, that's 75% more than we were planning on spending in the first place. <laughs> right? All the ladies are staring daggers at me, and all the men are like, Hey, this is the greatest deal you're going to find in your life, okay? It has nothing to do with Black Friday. It has nothing to do with a coupon code. It has nothing to do with a closeout sale. It has everything to do with the grace and unending mercies of Jesus Christ. Listen to me, sir. When all you have to offer is a life of sin, Jesus says, I'll take it and I'll give you back eternal life. Ma'am, when all you have in the cupboards of your heart is bitterness and hurt, and, and hatred and unforgiveness. Jesus says, I'll, I'll take it all. I'll take it all from you and I'll give you back love. I'll give you back peace. I'll give you back a feeling of belonging. When all you have to offer is, is a life covered in scars from all the decisions that you've made in your past, he says, I'll take your broken life. I'll mend it again so that you can use that to show other people who I am. All we can ever give to Jesus is a heart that's been broken by sin, but he takes it and he cherishes it like it was made of the finest gold. And he gives us back benefits that are in every way undeserved. We're nothing but sinners. Sinners. The blackest, deepest, darkest, worst sinners in this world. But he takes that sin later in the chapter, read it, he says, I'll take that sin and I'll remove it as far as the east is from west. You go far enough north, eventually you're going to start going south. You can go east for the rest of your life. You'll never find west. I have removed it as far as east and from west. And that not only applies to me, that applies to you, that applies to you, that applies to you and you and you and you and you, that applies to this city, that applies to this country, that applies to this whole world if we would just repent and trust in him. Religion tells us you have to earn favor with God. You need to have good deeds. You need to say this many Hail Marys. You need to do these pilgrimages. You need to afflict yourself to get the attention of God. Jesus just says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, I'll save you. He knows you have nothing to give. He knows your heart is broken. He knows your sins are many, but he loves you anyway. And he died for you anyway. And he'll save you today anyway. How could we ever forget all his benefits? All. You may never be able to remember all of them, but many times we don't even try. Start trying. His, everything we have in this life, can be attributed to one source. And one source alone, God. Benefits. What <laughs> benefits? As if we gave him something. What have we ever given to God other than sin, a broken heart, and a multitude of reasons for him to leave us in the pit that we dug for ourselves? But instead, he reaches down as a father pitieth his children, 
He sets our feet upon a rock. He's the lifter up of our head. He forgives our sins. He heals our diseases. He redeems our life from destruction. He crowns our life with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies our mouth with good things and so much more. And he doesn't just do it once. It's present tense. He keeps forgiving. He keeps healing. He keeps redeeming. He keeps crowning. He keeps satisfying. He keeps loving. Oh, my soul. Indeed. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Forget not all his benefits. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptist.com cctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.